This is the Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Oh, welcome to the Bullpen. This is the Thursday edition of the Bullpen before you get into it. Welcome. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins. I had to get in the intro, I guess. I, I can't just jump on in front of you. No, but now you can. Feel okay, free. I want your shirt, man. That shirt is cool. Great, isn't it? You just like unveiled that right right before we went on air. Like I had to react to it. That would be my new favorite shirt. Where'd you get that? Uh, this is one of those weird shirts that uh, it, it, it years ago just passed over my Instagram feed back when I still uh, had a you know, you personal You trusted that social. stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, well, I mean, it worked out. I guess, yeah. Because yeah. uh, I now have this is, uh, what is this? I it's even Charlie at... Brown as the baseball logo, except right. you can see him full swinging and not just you right. know the face and the ball right. and the bat. You got the whole view. Yeah. Great. So, so cool. think of the MLB logo, but with Charlie Brown. And he got stuff. an old school hat. He's got like a '50s era hat on there, right there. Wow, that music just stopped. Yeah, that's an abrupt ending. <laughs> I thought it was going to keep working. That's cool. Shirt. Anyway, anyway, thanks, that man. Was, that was it. That was all I want to say. Yeah, cool. I love it. That's it's cool actually shirt. it's gotten a little out of shape over the years. It's become kind that's of a, okay. That's more not... of an undershirt than anything else, but certainly among the favorites. Those are my favorite of types of shirts tees. because not only are they undershirts, when you're at home, you can just wear them and feel comfortable. But it's also one of those shirts that if you take off the overshirt, people react. Exactly. That or, or the uh, the uh, my, my first knife fight shirt. You like that one too? That also an undershirt that I typically wear. Such an attention seeker. Oh, Jeez. I am. I am. Ah. You why just do wear you, a normal shirt, so I don't do you have think to. Think I chose radio. As, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fair because you don't have to show off your cool tattoos. That's correct. I don't. Nor this beard. <laughs> I can look, it's I, a cool beard. Can, look, one day we may have to. <laughs> We may have to, you know, show our faces out in public, uh, and, you know, people are going to see it. Yeah. They're going to love it. Yeah. I was... Uh, trying not to fawn on you like Ed fawns on Beto all the time. Oh, I appreciate it. You can fawn away. <laughs> fawn away. No, I was actually... I was with my wife. This was several months ago. We were at a... Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I yeah, knew that. I think she knows. Yeah, she knows. She should know. About three and a half she, years. She now. used to bring you Whataburger. All the That's time. correct. Once in a while, she still does. Yeah, uh, nice. But uh, we we were out at a uh, uh, an event... That uh, for her work, and I ran into a, a, a longtime radio fellow uh, who uh, who knew you know we knew of each other, but had never met face to face. And the moment he he was shocked when he said the beard, <laughs> we the saw beard, your beard, yeah, <laughs> it's not great. It was easy top or anything like that, yeah. but certainly, especially for you know what I do on the other station, you, I mean, it's you, you pretty... might not expect me to look like I just crawled out of a you know a, a, yeah, a rock show. Maybe share some for the rest of us because this guy's face can't grow hair to save his life. Oh, well, God knows I got enough to spare, my friend. No kidding. Yeah, You want? To, you need some face plugs? I'm your yeah, man. I'm, okay. I'm your man. We'll talk about it after the show. Yes, indeed. Can I also just say real quick <laughs> that I uh, on Tuesday I saw The Used and A Day to Remember at Moody Amphitheater and let me just say Moody Amphitheater is a cool-ass venue. You saw what there? The Used and A Day to Remember. Oh, My 90s okay. and two, early 2000s nostalgic Alternative rock self was going crazy because that was my fifth time seeing the used. I Very love cool. the used. They were great. A day to remember kicked butt. Because we were just talking the other day about how how we're excited to see the Moody Center. You you actually well, have this been is in amphitheater. It. Oh, the amphitheater. Yeah, I missed it. Okay, I'm sorry. Door, All right, I got you. Okay, this is at Waterloo Park. Man, they did a good job on that. That is such a cool little place. But yeah, what a cool little venue right near the Capitol. You got the building in the background. You got plenty of space. Although their pit area looks like a hot dog it's really awkwardly placed but at least they tried so that's cool anyway one day you know i just mentioned that because i had a really good time 
Well, good for you, man. Yeah, that's very exciting. That's all. <laughs> we, I, re- I just really love I, the Used is one of my favorite bands of all time, and so every time I get to see them, it's a it's a shame it's different now than the first time I saw them when I got punched in the face for the first time at a show. That was cool. Spent fifteen dollars to dance around, get thrown around in the pit. My little like one twenty five self at the time. It's crazy. Oh, like nothing like getting punched in the face to let like you know you're alive. Bert can't scream anymore, so it's it's not the same, yeah. but it's still great. I knew every song. It was awesome. Well, age, proud. Time takes us all out. Amen. Time, time's undefeated. Any used Rocky fans Balboa. out there? Did you go? I hope you had a good time because I certainly did. All right. Well, so okay, shall, now we can talk shall we dive head first into this, into this sports news now? I guess so. Just want to uh, be real with our listeners. That were, that were regular fellas? Yeah. A couple of lovable idiots who exactly, just like to talk sports? Exactly, man. Yeah, that's exactly what you Doesn't get here in the bullpen. have to be sports, you know? Uh, so if you'd like to chat with us today, feel free. 512-834-1027 is the number here in the bullpen. Of course, he's Brandon Elkins, and I'm Patrick Osborne. Hello. Kicking things off with some news out of the University of Wisconsin. As police are investigating how private photos and video of members of the school's national champion women's volleyball oh team ended up circulating publicly without their consent. Oh, boy. Wisconsin's athletic department issuing a statement this week saying players contacted campus police after they became aware the photos had been made public. The statement's not indicating when or where the photos or the video were taken or even exactly what's on them. I'm sure some people are wondering. Yeah, I bet. Uh, The Wisconsin State Journal reported the photos were taken from inside the team's locker room. Uh, And according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, one photo appears to have been taken after the Wisconsin uh, clinching of the Big Ten Championship last season. So police are investigating multiple crimes here, including sharing sensitive photos without consent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unauthorized sharing, uh, the athletics department says, is a significant wrongful invasion of the student-athlete's privacy, including potential uh, violations of university policies and criminal statutes. Yeah, I, a little bit. I, I, a little I, bit. I mean, I, is there a question here? No, you're, I don't think so. It sounds to me like these these photos are perhaps salacious enough to be to you know to warrant a big investigation like this i mean it's one thing to have your photos taken secretly without your consent and it's like oh but this does that's not what this sounds like this yeah, sounds this like is evil the ladies were uh changing perhaps yeah and uh compromising photos of i know anyway uh unfortunate situation there uh volleyball players None of them are uh, are being investigated for any wrongdoing here, so I, I wouldn't expect them to. Uh, people are creepy. Why do people have to be so creepy all the time? I don't get it. Just I blame the internet, be, be man. Normal. I blame the internet. Why is it so hard just to be normal? And the internet. I mean, and social media is such a subjective word, too. I guess. No, it's not. There, there is a baseline normality. We all understand. Yeah, as, you'd as be humans. surprised. You'd be surprised. I would. Not in this city. <laughs> not in this city. Uh, have you seen this Texas 2025 schedule that's been circling uh, the internet lately uh, on how tough this SEC move may be for the Longhorns? No, but I don't think anyone should care. Now, this is a, this is only is purely theoretical. Keep in mind, but a lot of it looks fairly legit, like something we may very well see, and none of it looks easy for the Horns. Uh, the schedule has the Horns basically opening uh, SEC play with Arkansas, closing it out with A and M. And a whole bunch of hurdles. That sounds awesome. In between, I sounds think that awesome sounds for, like an exciting for schedule. us, yeah, to watch. Uh, but it may be tough for the Horns themselves. So, a theoretical 2025 Texas football schedule posted by Kyle Umlang, uh, the co-host of the Statistically Speaking podcast. Kyle Umlang, who we have on these airwaves all the time. Correct. He's on every Thursday for Aggie Fact Thursday on Correct. Sports Talk. Uh, so this is this is by him. It not only features a road trip to Arkansas, kicking off the SEC history. 
Gives the fans a clear idea of what the conference move is going to mean for them. Uh, theoretical. The first two games on the schedule, though, are legitimate non-conference games already slated to the tune of Ohio State and San Jose State. <laughs> right, now, San Jose State, whatever. But Ohio State. Hey, don't just because they're on the West Coast doesn't mean they're a bad team. I know they'll probably get destroyed. Do we have to go this way again? Because I don't know what there. they do over there. With their kale smoothies. Oh, my God. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. No, but, uh, yeah, so Ohio State, San Jose State, uh, and then Texas Tech, followed by opening of SEC play with Arkansas in week four. Vanderbilt, Oklahoma, Mississippi State, Auburn, Alabama. Look. LSU, Kentucky, wrapping things up with the good old boys at Texas A&M. Now, theoretical this schedule, but a lot of this expect. could look a lot like this. Yeah, it's not going to look exactly like that. That is ridiculous. I know, I think they still want to try and figure out how to do like pods or whatever for the scheduling so it doesn't have to be a gauntlet like that for right. every single team. Right. And I don't think it will. But man, if that was their, that's a dream schedule right there. You play everybody, mm-hmm. almost everybody who you'd want to play. And that's why you went to the SEC. That's why. You want to play SEC teams because you want to be up there with the best. And if you want to be up there with the best, you got to beat them. Now, according to Umlang, uh, you know, if the league goes to pods, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. this is quite possibly what the schedule could look like. As, as, as hectic and heavy as it sounds, the idea of opening, though, with Arkansas and ending with A&M, I mean. You got to recruit your brains that, out. That, that feels like that could absolutely be a perfect start to the Horns' uh, career and, there in the SEC. Flaunt that schedule during recruiting. These are the teams you're going to play if you come to Texas. Yeah, bring it on. Now and we, you got to hope that doesn't entice them to go to other teams that may right. have that same type of schedule. But right. whatever. When you look at the pods and how they might be built up, you know, obviously the 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 low hanging fruit would be build a Big Twelve pod. Yes, right. So you'd be looking at Oklahoma, Texas, A and M, uh, and Missouri, but. Maybe a little mean, considering half that pod already left to get away from the UT drama to begin with in the Big 12. Well, season. bummer, because it's coming to you. <laughs> One so way or you another, have, yeah. You have no somebody's choice. Somebody's going to have to put up. You don't it. like it, you can leave the SEC. Go back to the Big 12. Were they ever in the Big 12? They were in the Big 12, right? Mm-hmm. Who? A&M? A&M? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's also uh, the possibility of a geographical pod. So you'd have Texas, Texas A&M, maybe LSU and Arkansas creating one geographic option. Yeah. Still sticking two schools that left the SEC to get away from Texas. Well, that I, that's not an it's not an option anymore. I know. It, it, I'm just that's saying just how it is. I'm just saying. Uh, I think that makes more sense geolo- geographically. Wow, geographically. Um, and then you play just a couple other teams just outside of your plot, pot every year that that cycles every single every season. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the best possibility. I think that should be the best outcome. What about a, a, a pod? They, they could call it like the we hate Texas and not because of their performance, just, we but just because we're Texas. petty bandwagon riders. We How like- about a pod of them, Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and A&M? <laughs> Would that work? Well, then you don't get to play them. Or you're saying you do get to play them. Uh, you have to play them every year, yeah, twice yeah, a year. Yeah, well, so let's throw Texas in there instead then. Bring it. Take Oklahoma out and throw Texas in there instead. <laughs> I don't know. No matter which way the, everything shakes out. Um, I think the spirit of this theoretical schedule is definitely in the right place. Sure. It, it sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, and no matter how you slice the pie, this is going to be an adjustment for the Texas Longhorns. And he thinks that's 2025 schedule? 2025. Okay. This has been floating the internet sure. uh, this, this I week. I mean, that's, that's the, theoretically, that is just one man's opinion. Of course, of course. Um, but it, he is very smart about Texas stuff, so you don't have to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, it's definitely on the right track. I don't know if it's going to be exactly like that, but look, he, he's 
He knows what he's talking it's about. It's very he's interesting. On the right track, yeah. Very, very interesting. And I hope it's something like that because that sounds fun. That uh, sounds like something I'd want to watch every week as a non Texas fan. Would anybody want to watch anything but the SEC? Uh, after twenty twenty five, I just, I mean, there's, I mean, I don't. Wherever my team ends up, I'd love to watch them. I don't know where the hell they're going to end up. You pack twelve people. Yeah, it would be great. Also, because if they come to like a Big Ten, I'm not saying they're going to go Big Twelve, but if they go to a Big Ten conference, I might actually have the ability to watch every single game through the app because of the geographically where I'm located now. Because I have a hell of a time trying to watch Pac twelve games down here. Yeah. So. Maybe being a part of that sort of conference might give us who are out here, who are fans of West Coast teams, who are out here, an easier chance to watch them without having to, you know, uh, illegally stream games. Nobody does that. I don't know how to do that, though. No. Never done it. Don't know how to do that. <laughs> That's ludicrous. <laughs> Never. What you, you can actually do that? that? You can do that? The internet has that, the that, capabilities? That's my crazy. My friend, that is absurd. Wow. That we don't have the capability for stuff like that in 2022. I know. Knock that stuff off. We don't have flying off. cars yet. We got drones, although those are pretty cool. We don't have flying cars. I still take issue with my old man for that, for telling me like 25 years ago yeah. that by 2000, they'd be here. They're not here. We don't even have, you can't even put uh, a, a tiny little bean and a microwave and 20 seconds later have it be a full five-course meal. Mm-hmm. What about that? Yeah. Huh? You can't even p- still put aluminum foil in microwaves. What's that about? Rocket packs? Maybe I want to do that. Where are the rocket packs? Oh, I've seen those. They're coming. You got to be rich, man. That's the the problem in this country. Therein lies the problem. If you want all this cool stuff, you got to be rich. You got to be rich. Where's the lotto? I mean, but that's good. That's nothing new. I know. That's nothing new. Uh, Earlier this week, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark reiterated that Oklahoma and Texas will remain in the conference for the next two years before making the jump to the SEC. I don't believe that, but that's nice of him to say. So, according to your mark, Oklahoma and Texas have committed to him that they'll be present for the 2023. I don't think there's any question about that, but that they will be here for the 23 season when the Big 12 welcomes BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida. I'm committing to you right now that I will stay on this show with you for the next 12 years. What does that tell you? (laughs) It tells me that. Tells me the same thing. Tells me that you're a nutcase. (laughs) It tells me. I don't think they'll let us be on here for 12 years. However, I'm just saying. That's kind of the same sort of. That's that's how I hear it. Yeah. Oh well, they told us we're, they're going to stay, so of course they didn't have their hands behind their back with their fingers crossed. Yeah. We didn't see that. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm full of horrible analogies today. Trust I'm trying me. to figure out why this 2023 is even in question here. Like, does is there anyone who thought that they're this is gonna... the last year for Oklahoma and Texas in the Big Twelve? I think it definitely is 2023, the last year. No, I think... this year. Oh, this year. Your mark's talking like, oh, they've promised they'll be here in 20. Well, we know, dude. I still think 2024 is probably the most realistic. However, because the 2023 schedule is already out, probably to get ahead of this. However, I feel like it would be pretty easy for them to just kind of throw two teams in there and and go from there. They'll figure it out. Probably. Will it it happen? Probably not. 2024 seems most likely opportunity. But I don't know. They said they'll stay, so who knows? What I what I'm interested to find out is is when Oklahoma leaves for the SEC. What's that going to do? What do they What do they call their their rivalry with Oklahoma? Is it like is that Bedlam or something like that? With OK State? Yeah, I have no idea. Anyway, I, like that that's one of those rivalries that I I I let's I, find out. I hope they'll find a way to. I mean, I, I don't know how they would do it. I, obviously, I there are plenty of people who know more about that than me, but that's one of those rivalries I would hate to go away. 
Yeah. yeah. This is what I'm saying. And that doesn't mean it has to because they're leaving the conference because you play on non-conference games all the time. Yeah. However, but, sometimes it does happen in the middle of the schedule, and that's okay. It's not like Alabama plays a non-conference. Uh, I've seen them play non-conference teams like second to last game of the year. Yeah. And so you can make that happen still. Yeah. But the question is whether or not maybe, maybe okay, State wouldn't want to. A&M true. certainly wasn't interested in anything after they left. Very true. I'm just saying it's still a possibility. Mm. Anyway, so um, Bedlam, you're right. It is called. It is. Bedlam. It's Bedlam. That's yes. what I thought. Yeah. So I, I, I Bedlam that, that, rivalry. That's one of my. That's one of the the, the better rivalries out there. I think, uh, especially in this part of the country. Um, Bijan Robinson has uh, landed a bit higher in the ESPN's re-rank of its 2020 recruiting class. Shocker! I'm, I'm I'm totally shocked. I don't think there's any any doubt that UT hit a lottery with this guy. I mean, hundred uh, percent. He he's. Uh, Highly, he was highly touted coming out of high school and named the, the Gatorade Arizona Player of the Year. He announced his commitment to the Horns in August of 19, and no doubt, undoubtedly, the biggest recruiting win under the in the Tom Herman era. Undoubtedly. Probably the only good recruiting win from that era. Probably. How many guys are left? Not, not many, if any. I, yeah. So ESPN originally graded Robinson the number three running back in the country for the 2020 recruiting class. But then he's had this fantastic collegiate production up to this point. He skyrocketed now to their number four overall player in the country for the 2020 uh, re-rank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they say that uh, he's they say he, he's been incredibly productive despite having a to create his own uh, to create on his own behind a below average offensive line the past two years as well as inconsistent quarterback play. So he runs with speed and power, creates big plays in the passing game. He's performed better than Tank Bigsby and Zach Evans, the backs who were ranked ahead of him in the 2020 class, and he is the consensus top running back prospect in the 2023 NFL draft. Ooh, what a harsh reality of this offense, though, that it's been since he's been here. That what? That is just so much better? Inconsistent offensive and poor offensive oh, line play. Oh, yeah. Inconsistency at quarterback play. Yeah, and he still should be a Heisman hopeful every year that he doesn't get hurt. Yep. So... Yeah. So he moves up to number four on ESPN's re-rank of the 2020 recruiting class behind C, uh, in front of C.J. Stroud and behind Jordan Addison, Will Anderson, and Bryce Young of Alabama. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine for us to bring this up, but I guarantee you he doesn't care at all. He wants to be probably the number four pick in the NFL draft next season. Yeah. And he probably will be a top five pick. It would be stupid if he wasn't. He's swimming in mustard. Oh yeah, I mean, mustard cash. Look, he's he's already worth what two? What we say two point three million dollars? I don't like to think about stuff Lamborghini, like that. I know. Yeah, sorry, brought it up. I know it's sensitive. It yeah. hurts. The life we chose, you know. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. We're here and we love it. Is there an nil for broadcasters? We love it. Yeah. Uh, can there? I be? guess there actually is there an is, nil. Yeah. They're called live endorsements. Yeah, we're open. <laughs> we are. We are indeed. Uh, so yeah. Um, Congratulations to uh, Bijan Robinson. But yeah, like good said, for you, Bijan. He, he doesn't care, uh, probably in the least. Multiple Longhorns have received some midseason All-American honors. Probably won't surprise you who they are. Uh, coming up after the break, we'll tell you more about that. Also, Texas football in a strong position uh, for a four-star USC decommit. Interesting. That will take a look okay. at the OKC game coming up on Saturday. Uh, a little bit more NFL talk. Dak Prescott, where he may be this Sunday against the Lions. And, oh, we're going to have to go to the ballpark at some point, too. Woo! And if we got time, some interesting news out of Live Golf and the hardwood, the NBA, some records set already. Wow. Yeah. And Giddy up, man. Spurs, Let's go. Spurs ice cream. Probably tastes like sweat an athlete's foot.
512-834-1027 is the number. Give us a call in the bullpen. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. I think the guys understand, the, the, you know, just where this game sits. You know, we're playing a really good opponent. I think that they're dialed into, you know, what the the key components to the game will be and then how to do it. You know, I always do kind of a pop quiz on Thursday, and I loved the responses I was getting. They were really into the details of the plan, and they came out with really good energy all week. I, I thought our energy was tremendous this week, especially in comparison to kind of the last couple weeks. I thought this week our energy was really good. You could, you could kind of feel the guys on the field. Welcome back to the bullpen, the Thursday edition. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins with you. It is Thursday. It is indeed. Hell Friday, yeah. Friday Let's Eve, go. as they say. Uh, you just heard there uh, Longhorns head coach Steve Sarkeesian talking about how practice went this week. Sounds like they're ready to roll. Saturday's kickoff in Stillwater. They understand the assignment. <laughs> they, they do. Beat the team you're favored against. This is a true road game. For the Texas Longhorns, and a true test as well, because these Cowboys are no slouch. Mm-hmm. These guys are That's good. That's true. They are ranked high for a reason. They are indeed. Uh, and so um, we've watched Quinn Ewers now back, uh, who looked great in his return against Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Then had a bit of he had a some inconsistencies 50-50. against fifty-fifty against Iowa State. He was okay in the first but he, half, but he picked it up in the second half. Uh, so uh, Ewers now headed uh, for his first true road game, and uh, here's Sark on that. You know, obviously Quinn's got a great deal of composure. Um, you know, he's got poise. Uh, I'd never feel like the moment's too big for him. If it is, he doesn't show it. You know, and I think that's that's a that's a great sign. It's uh, he's got you know he's got a great poker face. You know, if if he is a little anxious. Uh, or is feeling a little uncertain. Um, he always seems to kind of give that confident feeling. And, you know, I think that that bodes well for our team. You know, I think our team, our players, our coaches, it's natural that that most quarterbacks are the ones that uh, kind of are the head of the snake, you know, and he, he's got that about him. You know, I think being with him now more and being on the sideline wins with him and watching him kind of overcome adversity is something that I've been very impressed with him. Going back to the very first game against Monroe, you know, the first third down, he throws an interception. He comes right back and, and plays good football for us, you know. So, you know, I'm, I'm learning him more, which is part of the process. But I do think he's got a, a, a calm demeanor about him and that he really just goes and plays the next play. And he doesn't harbor things that occurred before, good or bad. He just plays in the moment. And that's that's a great thing to have at the quarterback position. He has looked, you know, at against Oklahoma, he looked like he'd been there, you know, for decades. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. he was just he was just comfortable. He looked he didn't look quite as comfortable. Uh, but I you know, yeah, you, you can't have a perfect game every game. So I, I, I'm expecting big things from him this year, uh, this week. Sure. Uh, you know, of course, coming off, uh, I mean, it was a, all things considered, it was a pretty good performance. I mean, the whole team, considering that this was they were they were up against the pretty much the best defense in the Big Twelve. Like Sark, I'm learning you more as well. I'm learning you, boy. I'm learning you more. I'm learning. What you. a weird thing to say. It just you're sounds, very right about that. It just sounded very. Sound, it sounded very hillbilly-ish, even though that's not the bit. way. That's not the way it came. That's not yeah. the way it meant. <laughs> I learn you more. Yeah, I'm learning you more. Yeah, you better watch yourself. Um, I'm not hillbilly at all. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> so Texas is going to snap, hopefully, going to snap a four-game losing streak there in, the, in these uh, true red yeah. games, traveling there to Boone Pickens Stadium, facing number 11 Oklahoma State Saturday. This uh, is what, 1.30 or 2.30? 
And maybe 2.30, actually. It would sound, see, all the is, other games have been 2.30, yeah, so, I, think so I would assume so. So 2.30, it's going to be yeah. an ABC. Uh, Sark's probably going to need the offense, um, uh, that the ability to run the football and, and the defensive prowess to really make this trip to Stillwater a, a successful one. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident it's going to work out. You want to be, but we haven't really seen a full game from this team yet. Well, maybe we did with... I don't know. You could argue you did against Oklahoma, but that was uh, that was not the same Oklahoma team that you normally expect. Um, so this is going to be a real test, and I think I think you're right. I, I I'm not a homer because I'm not a fan of the team like that, but I really think that there's something brewing about this game, especially if Sanders doesn't play. Uh, I think they they'll take this one, but if he plays, it's going to be really tough. Yeah, I like the I like the three points though. That's pretty smart. But I think if Sanders comes back, I think it's gonna be hard to be real. It's gonna be a real test for this defense, and if they don't show up, it's gonna be brutal. So I'm, I'm I guess I'm impartial at this point. I don't know. I, I don't want to say that they're gonna win because it's gonna be a real. There's a reason that you know Oklahoma State is where they're at, and it's at home. It's gonna be hostile. We 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 haven't seen a true. What am I trying to say? We haven't seen Sark. Uh, a true win from Sark, if if you know what I'm saying. Like tested, like like a trial we by haven't fire, seen a kind of thing, baptized a by fire. Win. Yeah, that's what a signature win. This could be a signature win, regardless of Oklahoma State coming off a loss. This could still be a signature win because you're you're playing on a a true road game. This is an important win for and him. your your best quarterback has never been through a game like this before, so we don't really know what to expect. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think this is going to be a very good game. I think this is going to be a slugfest, and I think it's going to go back and forth. It surprises me still that Texas is three-and-a-half-point favorite here. Yeah, still. But I, that says a lot. Um, here's, here's Sark again on, on uh, Saturday's game. I think first and foremost, this is a great opportunity for our team You know, to go on the road against a really good opponent in a great environment for college football. Obviously, this game is impactful from a Big 12 standings perspective, but I think also for our team in that, you know, this is this is an opportunity for us to, you know, finish out the first two thirds of this season, you know, in week number eight before we get into the bye. And I thought the guys had really good intent this week in practice. They're focused on the task at hand. Um, and we know it's going to take a it's going to take a really good effort. Uh, this is a very good football team we're playing on, in all three phases. It could be a high scoring affair. As the over/under on the game is at uh, sixty-two and a half points, so I got to work my mic. There we go. There that makes go. sense. Oh, blue I, button. I, yeah, I, I think, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, regardless. Uh, especially if Sanders plays because he's a dual threat; he can run and throw. Um, if Quinn Ewers is on, I expect Whittington and 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 Worthy to be on as well. If you can get Bijan rolling, oh man, I keep I I keep trying to talk myself into a win. Yeah, I really do. I really I don't want to pro- pro- proclaim that they can win this game because we haven't really seen them win a game like this yet. But this could be the first time, and if they do, I feel like they can get on a roll here because this will provide a hell of a lot of confidence for this team to move forward. Well, we certainly know they've got because the they tools. got a tough schedule coming up. They they absolutely have the tools. So 
we will. Uh, okay, so I will say yes. I think lo- the Longhorns are going to win. I do too. It could be like you said, like a forty-three forty win, or like a you know thirty-seven thirty-four type win, mm-hmm. just to keep within the spread. I think it will be high scoring. Defenses could be tested pretty uh, pretty tough on this in this game for both sides. Yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting. Definitely one to watch. Yes. Uh, so about midway, midway point of the uh, the college football season, Horns are five and two after a fairly e- eventful first half. Uh, right in the thick of the Big 12 championship race right now and uh, really have turned the tide on things since that early setback against mm-hmm. Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Now on a three-game winning streak, highlighted by that 49-0 drumming of the uh, those guys up the in Nor- Norman. Yeah. The Sooner Hooners. And so multiple Longhorns have gotten some midseason All-American honors. Uh, on three actually put together a list of the Texas players named as All-Americans by different outlets. Probably the names on this list won't surprise you. Mm. you know, Bijan Robinson, living up to his high expectations, racking up 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns on the year, leads a Big 12 in rushing yards. He's already got 1,000 yards. More than 1,000 wow. yards, yeah. Uh, that's, so, that's such a quiet 1,000 uh, yards plus. He's not talked about that much, I don't feel like. No. He really isn't, and he's just he's doing his normal thing. And if he stays healthy, he could get 2,000 yards this year. Wouldn't that be something? That would be. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, also, uh, among those uh, receiving all American midseason all American honors, freshman defensive tackle Kelvin Banks, exceptional talent, uh, locked down the left side of the offensive line, stepping uh, step foot on campus or since he stepped foot on campus over the summer, and then you've got senior Christian Jones having a pretty good season opposite Banks at right tackle. Uh, and they're quarter- calling this offensive line not very well. Get out of here. Uh-huh. Quarterback Quinn Who's Ewers that? missed three games due to an injury. Uh, and then led the Longhorns to that huge win over uh, over Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Continued against Iowa State. Tight end Jatavian Sanders, nightmare for opposing uh, defenses, making plays like a wide receiver out there. You can thank, he can thank Hudson Card for that. He leaned on him mm-hmm. heavily. And then probably the most improved player on the Texas team, Jalen Ford, mm. uh, leading the Big 12 in tackles and turnovers forced. Big reason Texas defense has, has turned things around here. Hell yeah. So, Love it. Yeah. Keep it going. I'm liking what I'm seeing from this Texas yeah. team. And then apparently. This is, a, this is very different from last year, regardless of losing the lead against Texas Tech. It's just, this is just a very different team. So it really is. We were, we were in the Sark era last year, but still with a Tom Herman team. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is all Sark. Well, I mean, this is Sark. Yeah, we're over, all, we're, we're over half, halfway through the schedule. They're we're feeling pretty confident about this team, regardless of st- still having some questions because of some lack of experience on on some part. Uh, but they're they're relatively healthy. Yep. You know, especially coming out of training camp because they had some scares during training camp, mm-hmm. and then they survived the Quinn Ewers injury, and now they can get on a roll here, and they have, and now they they have a lot of confidence heading into Oklahoma State. Well, and 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 not even just Oklahoma State, but heading into future. Seasons. Into the second half of the season, well, let's just say fu- that. Future seasons themselves. I mean, look yeah. at the, the, the draft class. The, the ranks of the draft class are just massive. Look, you said they're 5-2, and two, right? They're 5-2. and two. They've already won as many games as they won last That's season. Right. They're one game, game away, one win away from bowl eligibility. Mm-hmm. And they still got six more games to go. Yeah. Let's go. They got a tough... Uh, it, it's not going to be an easy slog for them. No, it's, it's, a, it's a tough second half, but... They're also a tough team, so maybe other teams are thinking the same thing about them. I think so. Yeah. Uh, they would be fools not to. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a valuable door uh, might have opened up on the recruiting tra- trail for the Texas Longhorn football program in the 2024 class. Oh. Uh, this according to Hook'em Headlines. The SEC. Texas yeah. saw the uh, highly touted four-star Long Beach poly linebacker Dylan Williams decommit from new head coach Lincoln Riley and the USC Trojans in an announcement via social media this week. Womp womp. 
He specifically announced his decommit from USC uh, early in the afternoon, and it looks like a lot of programs with some buzz surrounding the recruitment of him following the decommitment, but one of the programs that could be high on the list is Texas. Nice. Did they say why he decommitted from the article USC doesn't doesn't mention why why Mr. he chose Riley. to decommit, Sir President Riley of just, California. Just mentioned that he did. God, uh, but Texas appears to be a school that uh, Williams has got some interest in, despite him not getting an offer from the Horns as of yet. But according to a report from Eric Nolan of Inside Texas, uh, Williams has an interest in Texas following that decommitment. In fact, he reportedly has an interest in visiting Texas potentially, quote, very soon. Cough, cough. Arch Manning effect? Cough, cough? I'm thinking so. Yeah, I would think so, too. I'm thinking uh, absolutely so. The future looks bright with this team outside of this season. Yeah. So I think any recruit who's who's considering it should consider coming to Texas. And me saying that as a Washington Husky fan, way the hell north of here. Now, Texas right now already has uh, commitments from three recruits in the 24 class as of uh, October 18th, these numbers here. Uh, not any linebackers committed to the Longhorns 24 class. Two of them playing at corner, the other being classified as just an athlete. Yeah, and so. honestly, you, you used to worry about stuff like that, and but this transfer portal has really kind of eased everyone's mind when yeah. it comes to recruiting at this point anymore because if you lose them one year, look, you could get them back the next year. That's you right. never know. That's right. Some sad news out of Mississippi State as uh, Sam Westmoreland, an 18-year-old, has uh, passed away. He was going to turn 19 tomorrow. Mm. Uh, the school says in a release, the university deeply saddened by the news, heartbroken by the sudden death of Sam Westmoreland. Uh, being called a beloved son, brother, and teammate, tremendous young man with a limitless future, they say. Mm. Uh, according to the Associated Press, foul play not suspected, but no other details being provided. Um, they're uh, still gathering information to the county medical examiner's office. He was a freshman, hails from Tupelo, Mississippi, played high school at Tupelo High School, majoring in industrial technology there at Mississippi State. Oh. Walked on to the Bulldog team after a very decorated career at Tupelo High School, earned a spot in the uh, Northeast Mississippi Football Coaches Association All-Star Game, and uh, earned a Region 26A second team honors after his uh, senior year in high school. So unfortunately, that lost man's there. family because 18, almost 19 is way, obviously, way too young. Would have turned 19 tomorrow. Right, right before his birthday. Mm-hmm. Terrible loss. Terrible loss. Hate to hear it. Yeah. Uh, on to the NFL now, where Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy announcing uh, some updates on the status of D- quarterback Dak Prescott and whether or not we may see him soon. Dak had a good work, good work day yesterday. It was on a pitch count, threw it 40 times. Thought he looked very good, so we'll, we'll look to expand that today and you know put him in a lead chair, you know, as far as reps, just to give him the opportunity to, to prepare to play. Because he sounds regenerated. Yeah. So he was expected as of yesterday to make forty to fifty throws mm-hmm. and participate in a mock game during the practice. However, I've read he actually uh, took upwards of uh, seventy mm. seventy play mock mock game uh, under what a pretty rigorous practice yesterday. <laughs> um, so. By all indications, Dak Prescott will be your man against the Lions on Sunday. Giddy up. Uh, Here I we go. I don't think there's any um, any question about that. And uh, McCarthy uh, talked about the, the emotional uh, impact of him coming back. Well, I just think, you know, number one, he, you know, his leadership ability, personality is, is top-notch, off the charts. So, I mean, it, that, that energy definitely has been felt uh, w- without a doubt. So, I mean, and that's, you know, anybody who knows Dak or has been a teammate of his, you know, understands the energy that he brings, you know, each and every day. So that's, that's definitely been evident. So they went uh, four and what? Four and one with Cooper Rush. Mm-hmm. Three and one. Three and one. Three and he's one, yeah. four and one with yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah, he's four and one. Right. Yes. Uh, so maintained. 
you know, there was nothing flashy they about survived. Cooper. There they is survived. nothing flashy about Cooper, but he did what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a pretty successful run without Dak Prescott. I think it's, a, you know, just a credit to the whole, full, the whole team. I mean, you know, especially what Cooper Rush was able to do. And But, you know, also, I, I really think these things really start back in April. I mean, this, this is why I'm so impressed in today's climate of the NFL, just the offseason program participation and the quality quantity of work that we were able to do to get ready for training camp. And then you get to have a healthy training camp, which we're, we're fortunate enough to have this year, and, you know, especially being out there in California. So I think all those, it's all those things, they add up, and it's all part of the keeping the train on the tracks. So... And, you know, and then once again, I mean, I think Cooper did an outstanding job of, uh, you know, just keeping us playing the way we wanted to play. He absolutely did. Mm-hmm. And I hate it when Jerry Jones uh, clears his throat. In the I'm microphone. so sorry. I forgot my mic was so <laughs> I don't know how to use this damn thing yet. It's only been That's a few okay. months. That's okay. Jeez. Welcome to radio, my friend. Uh, wide Wait. receiver James Washington, not the Cowboys player, set to make his return uh, to the lineup. Um, I, I apparently can't talk. What I was trying to Karma, say Karma, is... man, <laughs> sucks, doesn't it? It does, it Look, does. I know how to use my mic now. That's okay, crazy. we're good. You just, just gave me vertigo. Uh, <laughs> wide receiver uh, James Washington, uh, not set to make his return in the lineup against the Lions for the Cowboys this Sunday. That's what I was trying Nailed to Nailed it, man. Good job. Uh, but uh, has did play, play a role this week in helping Dak Prescott show that he is ready to play. Caught a lot of the passes that uh, Prescott threw during the pregame workout on Sunday. Uh, and has helped out a little bit more this week, said that uh, Dak's been, quote, ripping it with Ooh, his throws. Like that. So yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. everything. Uh, every, he says uh, catching, catching from that guy is like getting paychecks. Yeah. Oh, That's what nice. he says. I mean, look, it, this, was, this was really just an issue with a thumb. You know, his throwing motion, his arm, his, his strength should be totally fine. It was just getting the feeling back in his thumb. Yeah. And all he has to do is grip it. And so you grip it, then you rip it. Yeah. Hey, because hey, he was ripping it. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. If I told you that uh, one one of the 32 teams in the NFL wrote a check for a prize for fans in a 50-50 drawing, and that check bounced, (laughs) what team would you guess that it is? Ooh. Commanders. <laughs> ding, ding, yeah! ding. Yeah! Dude, Woo! that's the one. All right, so according to USA Today, the commanders Sleazy. claim that a bank error is what they say resulted <laughs> in a check that a fan won for 14, almost 15 grand. Oh, no. Uh, after the game one game, or week one game against the Jaguars. They say, we've reached out to the fan. We've sent an electronic payment directly to his account. It was a bank <laughs> error, and we've reached out to the bank to determine what happened and ensure it doesn't happen again. The issue emerged after a caller informed the Team 980. I guess that's a radio station there uh, of of this bad check. So the yes. So he complained to a radio station yeah. and someone on the team heard it. Yeah. <laughs> so the problem. Why wouldn't been, you just reach out to the well, team since you obviously had uh, communication with them to get this money? Maybe he already resolved or had reached out to the team and it became public. Sure. But I, I, either way. <laughs> That sounds like the Commanders. I would be mad and not surprised because it's the Commanders. Hail, yeah. All hail the Commanders. They've become so adept at cleaning up messes that they uh, continuously and inevitably make that we didn't even know this happened until yeah. a few weeks after. Even 15K, if it's good news. Oops, sorry. We're only a, a, a multi-billion you know, billion billion dollar, dollar franchise. We yeah. can't cover this $15,000 check for the fan. Mm, is trouble brewing? Or was that what you call sabotage from the other? <laughs> The man with the dirt. Dun, dun, dun. The man with the dirt. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you, you, DeAndre Hopkins returning. You think he can save the Cardinals tonight in Thursday Night Football? Don't call it a comeback is what he says. Yeah, you well, probably, maybe you shouldn't cheat. You probably heard it once or 50 times that Kyler Murray really needs DeAndre Hopkins back. 
He needs a lot more than that. Yeah, he does. And he so, needs a hell of a lot more than that. He needs uh, accuracy lessons. Who do you like tonight? Who's playing? It's, it's Cardinal Saints. <laughs> wow, another fun matchup we got. Actually, you know what? This actually could be decent. Um, I think that oof. Cardinals have a pretty good defense, but they did lose to my Seahawks, so I'm going to go with the Saints because... Saints have a lot better offense, and I don't know if Cardinals have a good enough defense. And the Cardinals offense does not have a very good offense. Did I say that twice? Yeah, well, that's you, it's it's bad enough. Cardinals offense twice. is awful. It's legit. Say it another time. You'd still be right. Yeah. You, you would still be right. Do you think Cliff Kingsbury is on the hot seat? I think he, after, yeah. if he loses yeah, this game, absolutely. I think he definitely And especially if he right. loses, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's, he, the, the Embers. I'm glad have, I'm on the same page. The Embers, he's, he's got uh, blisters on his cheeks. The Embers are point. burning. Yeah. They're glistening right in front of him. One last bit of news out of the NFL. A second straight dud led to a second straight week of season-low ratings for Amazon's Thursday Night Football last week, and that's news fest against the Commanders and Bears. Almost like nobody wanted to watch really crappy teams. Get Go this. figure. 8.79 million viewers on Amazon Prime, the lowest rated and least watched of the five Thursday Night Football games on Amazon thus far. Previous lows uh, were for the, the Colts-Broncos game. The figures include over-the-air simulcast in Chicago and Washington. So you take those numbers out, 7.57 million on Amazon Prime alone. Oh, my God. Mm. Where's that, 13? Yeah, that's they have not hit that mark not yet that, that they promised. Uh, looks like ratings have declined in every key young adult demographic. Uh, so, yeah. Almost like nobody wants to go through the trouble to open up your stupid app to watch a stupid game. Now watch this. Oh. Uh, NFL ratings, NBC, audience of 22.2 million for Cowboys-Eagles Sunday night. Well, because yeah. Because people can watch the game. People were craving for a good matchup. Yeah. And yes, they can watch the game whether they have cable or not. Now, that's also the largest number for a week six uh, game since 20, or Sunday night football, I should say, since 2015. Again, people were starving for a decent matchup on national TV because all they've gotten was the crappy Broncos. Yep, yep. God. Yeah. Thank By you, the way, thank you, Cowboys and Eagles. Speaking of the Broncos, uh, I think I read somewhere that uh, Mark Rippon's nephew, yeah, Britt Rippon, mm-hmm. uh, did most of the work at the uh, walkthrough practice as Russell Wilson pretends he's hurt with a hamstring. I will quit the. Well, no, I won't say that, but I will be very shocked if Russell Wilson doesn't play this mm. weekend. And he, mercifully, not on national TV. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God for once. Stick around here at the bullpen. Uh, Justin Verlander was an absolute gem last night. Nearly a dozen strikeouts against the much-hated Yankees. We got game two of the Astros-Yankees coming up later on today. That and a recap of the Padres-Phillies and more. 512-834-1027 is a number. Give Brandon a call here on the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Welcome back to the bullpen on this Thursday afternoon. I almost said Wednesday. Thank God I'm wrong. You would be very wrong, mm, sir. Man, I'm just desperate. In fact, this is uh, one week from today. I will be in my final ten minutes until uh, of, of uh, my final ten minutes until I leave for my vacation. Yes, because a week from tomorrow I won't be here for nine nine days. I'm, I'm very happy for you. Brother, I hope you have a great I'm, time. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm for very myself. jealous. I've always wanted to go to Maine. It's a beautiful place, but yeah. more than anything, it's just be, it's just great to be able to disconnect. And if, if any of you listening, 
uh, ever get the chance to find a place you absolutely, just a little corner of the earth you absolutely love. And you can go and you can disconnect and forget about everything and turn your phone off and not check your email and forget about social media and not answer your phone and only talk to people if you want to talk to them. It doesn't have to be a corner of the world. I know just ours are because we just happen to, I happen to be up in one corner and you like the other one. Well, I, yeah, it's just some little, a little slice of earth. A little oasis for yourself. A little slice of earth, right. Uh, Absolutely do it. Couldn't recommend it more uh, if I tried for uh, just uh, mental health reasons. Get up there and clear clear things up. Come back, reset, and then be a champ for another 365 days. Hell yeah. Yeah. Speaking of champs. That's what I'm talking about. Did you see, have have we run out of superlatives for Justin Verlander at this point? I mean, the guy, 11 strikeouts leading the Astros to a 4-2 victory over the the Yankees in game one last night. That was coming off a rocky first where I thought maybe he might show signs of what he did his previous start, but he figured it out, and rightfully so, from the Cy Young Award winner for 2022. Yeah, he got tagged with a solo shot from Harrison Bader in the second inning. But uh, that, I mean, and that was it. One though. run. That's it. And he uh, he retired the last 11 Yankees he faced in a row, nine of whom went down via strikeout. It's awesome. I mean, he's he's back in form. Yeah, he's ready to go. Yeah, uh, and that's scary for the other teams. And in in true Justin Verlander fashion, pretty much downplayed just how great he was. Yeah, I, mean, I think you ask anybody in the playoffs, and uh, would you rather win or lose Game One? I think everybody has the same identical answer. Uh, you'd rather win. Um, <clears throat> you know, in a seven game series, I think it's a little less important um because you have a little bit longer than a five game series but you know just because we won game one we understand that there's a hard road ahead of us still and you know we expect everybody to come out tomorrow just like it was uh you know <laughs> like we lost this game that's the sense of urgency that we always have and um particularly in the playoffs but you know that's why i think these guys are so special because we do that in the regular season as well but in the playoffs it's you know taking to another level i right, wow. get this thank you justin verland <laughs> With that, what a nerdy sounding guy! Yeah, I like it. He gets the girls, though, uh, as evidenced by that. His lovely wife, yeah. yes, yeah. yes, that's yeah. what we're talking about. His that's lovely wife, his lovely wife. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. Uh, he's five and one, two six two ERA, and nine career postseason starts against the Yankees. This is his fifteenth career postseason win. He ties John Smoltz for second all time. Take a guess. Um, I'll give you a hint. Mm. He has played in New York and Houston. Okay. Which pitcher has the most postseason wins? Roger oh, Clemens. No. Yeah. But he played with Roger Clemens. Uh, Nolan Ryan. Andy Pettit. Ah. With 19. He played for the Astros? Andy Pettit and, and, and Roger Clemens were on the Astros in 2005 when they went to the World wow. Series together. I forgot about that. Oh, that was a brutal. That, that Wait, rotation that was huge. Weird. They had Roy Oswalt, Brandon Backey, Roger Clemens, uh, and... Uh, Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit, and I'm trying to think. Who, Are they who, all who from Texas five. too? Is that why they did it? They were pretty. They oh were, my were pretty god, Texas heavy so rotation. Texas of y'all. And, and then and they also had uh, Brad Lidge closing. Yeah. This was uh, that was a very good team pre uh, pre Pujols game five NLCS. Uh, he was one of the most dominant closers. Did you have Carlos I have Beltran ever on that seen. team as well. They had Carlos Beltran in two thousand four, and he went on to hit. They picked him up late in the season. They had Jeff Kent that year too. Uh, and he went on to hit eight homers in the postseason. I remember that. Beltran. And then he and they didn't want to stick around. Yeah. He left, and everybody was really disappointed because I think the Astros had a – if they kept Beltran and Jeff Kent, the, their chances against the White Sox in 05 would have been much better, at least yeah. to not be swept, which was so disappointing. But I mean, it's hard to make it back-to-back years, so the fact that they did that means they are a good team. Just oh, yeah. Maybe just ran out of – 
Ran out of uh, energy. That was a very exciting time, though, and that whole uh, Cardinals rivalry Mm -hmm. that was going on back then. Of course, it was also an exciting era for me as a Red Sox fan because in 04, of course, the Bambino, you know, the Red Sox were down to like two outs. You know why they won that, right? So they could make the movie Fever Pitch. Is that why reason why they want they were able to break that curse and win that game? Because what a movie that was! That was all. That was all Bud Selig's design. Absolutely, man. The fix is always in. Give me a break. Fix is always in. You know Jimmy Fallon has that much clout. Drew Barrymore. (laughs) I can't even. say That's I do. I do. I do thoroughly enjoy that movie. It is you know is is one of those um, one of those movies that you don't admit to like, but it's actually pretty pretty decent. Is it? I'll take a word for it. I like movies, so I, I can't don't like Fallon. I like all That's my problem. I don't like Fallon. He was funny in SNL. I liked him in SNL, and yeah. then things, and then that, that was. Look, you it. don't have to watch his late night show Look, to a, enjoy. Everything a man he has did limits. That. A man has limits. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so Yankees, 17 strikeouts tied for the second most in a nine inning game last night. Astros, they struck out only twice. The differential 15 strikeouts, largest in a single game and postseason Dude, history. Dude, you are just puffing out your chest every time you talk about the Astros. Why wouldn't I, Didn't man? Didn't even strike out more than twice. They struck no. The Yankees struck out 35 times. No, it was only 17. Uh, it was only 17 uh. times. <laughs> All right, so game two, Astros-Yankees tonight at Minute Maid Park, 6.30, first, actually 6.37, first pitch. Astros trying to remain unbeaten this mm. postseason. Oh. Uh, two Dominican uh, pitchers on the on the mound tonight: left-hander Framber Valdez for the Astros and righty Luis Severino for the Yankees. If there's a team that can frustrate Framber Valdez, it's going to be the Yankees. Careful if if he gets off his uh, game like he did against the Mariners, they can make him pay a lot worse. I'm going Yankees. You're going Yankees tonight. Yep. Huh? I'm taking the Astros tonight simply because for the, the fatigue factor. That tomorrow is the first day the Yankees will have been able to take a break sure. since all the rainouts against the uh, uh, Guardians. I know it's a I know it's a seven game series, but you got to take a you got to take a game on the road if you want to win it. So well, that's and very I think true. the Yankees are going to win. I think this is a must I, win. I don't think the Yankees are going to win it. I hope they do. So this is you know me hoping that they take tonight. Just knock it off, dude. Knock <sighs> Sorry, it off. I just don't like your team. Knock it off. Yeah, well, you know, and I hate the Yankees. Astros so I haters have to. Astros haters are, are running out of ammunition for for things to talk bad about uh, the the Astros. Uh, I mean, Astros not not too many people. Where, how are your Mariners doing, here. by the way? Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's that all about? You can't be running your mouth and then all, all of a sudden I'm not running recoil your, and I'm shock. I'm not running my mouth. I'm just being sarcastic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, the, the the Padres, you and I uh, chatted briefly yesterday. I sent you a text. I said the Padres have forgotten how to play baseball. And then they remembered, then they remembered as soon as you said that. 8-3, uh, I believe, was the final there. I called I called it a hangover from the, the NLDS, but boy, was I wrong. They, they got their Pedialyte about after the third inning and blew up. Uh, a, little, a cool little situation here as uh, Game 2 is the first time ever in the history that the uh, pitcher-batter-brother uh, pitcher, combination have squared off in postseason history. Uh, the the Nola brothers, actually, this is pretty cool. What do you think? Think he swings at the first pitch? Ooh, yeah. All right. Come on. What do you, you got to swing it? I'll, I'll walk back to the hotel if he does. Uh, <laughs> I can't do this by myself, John. Oh, no. Stay oh. right there. That's chopper to third. Bones got it. And little bro wins the first battle of this postseason matchup. However, he didn't win the second round because he did get a base hit. That's right. And his, their poor parents, they kept showing them. Yeah. And none of them, neither of them knew how to react because it was going against the, their sons. And in fact, the mother told the dad, I can't remember whose jersey the dad was wearing. Dad had the Phillies jersey on. All right. So he, so he had the, he had the bigger brother. Right. He had 
Aaron Nolan. Had Aaron. So uh, her mom said, make mom sure you wear Austin. AJ's jersey next time. Yeah. Uh, and and and, uh, and it, I love it. The fairness. I love baseball too. for stuff like this. That's so much fun to watch. Yeah. It just provides a whole new layer to enjoying the game because you know that you got brother versus brother. Parents are in the stands. They're freaking out. They don't know how to react. Yeah. I don't know. That's just all fun. Exciting. Josh Hader hit 100 miles per hour on the radar on, on a one two three ninth inning to close out game two last night. Talk about someone who figured it out. You know at the how many right times time. he hit 100 miles an hour in the regular season? <gasps> Zero. That's right. Nice. That's right. I am two for two today, yeah, baby. Yes, you are. Woo! That's it for us here on the bullpen. We appreciate you sticking around with us this hour. Stick around. Still, Paul Feinbaum coming up. And Beto with Sports Talk, four to six. Brandon and I will be back in the bullpen for the Friday edition tomorrow. Yes, we will. 1 p.m. We'll see you. See you.